Do you believe in miracles? Got Fizzle in the house. Fizzle, what what's up, Fizzle? good, man? Fizzle, glad to have you here. Let's go. This the South Harmon Podcast. Glad you here today. Hit that Patreon link if you here to stay. Dynasty best ball, that's my favorite way. 40 chess trade show. Let's make a trade today or check the AMA. You know Adam at the ATM. Mike always in the building. He gonna stay with him. They gonna start every show off with their own trade. Fantasy's a big ocean, they made their own wave. Make sure you tap in there Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesday night, Saturday morning, ain't no better way. Hit that notification bell when the news break. Go subscribe right now, don't get the news late. Destination Devi, that's the team. Dynasty football, man, that's my favorite thing. I remember Biggie said it was all a dream. Now people watching on their phones and computer screens. Welcome to the team. Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of the 40 Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. So glad you could join us. I appreciate you. I appreciate you hitting the play button. And for once, finally, it feels like Adam has been taking care of me while I've been away. Adam is now on vacation. But never fear, we have good friend of the show, one of my better friends in the entire space, and a college football connoisseur, savant, and one that complains all the time he's done all these shows with adam and we have never talked and done one together it is mr matt bruning how are you doing matt i'm i'm fantastic and i'm glad to be doing a show with you now i'm a little offended that adam's not here i don't know what it takes to have me on a show with both of you guys i must have pissed adam off i think it's probably all the will levis talk last time and i'm sure you gave him an earful we talked a little bit about it in the heisman chat one day when you came back so i'm sure that's why adam's mad at me now but yeah, i'm i'm thrilled to be here i appreciate the a nice intro i don't know about savant i would just say i'm a college football idiot that that's just what i am uh, to, to be truth be told but yeah, i'm excited to be here man i'm, I'm excited to jump on a show with you finally we got to start this off with Will Levis, don't we? Like, we got to ruin it from the jump. <laughs> Here we go. I'm sitting there the last time you were on with Adam. I'm coming back from vacation. I'm listening to the podcast episode on my drive back from the airport in the middle of the night, just white knuckling my fist is balled up so hard about the last one you did. You guys were just throwing daggers at me, and I, I could do nothing. If it was a call-in show, I would have been on there calling in like listen <laughs> right here's the deal but i'm glad to have you on buddy uh one of the big things that i really enjoyed and you got me into this one so i give you all the credit in the world is c2c leagues campus to camp leagues you do a phenomenal job over there your entire crew that runs that website it is amazing you guys have helped me out so much and last year i i, I took the head first dive in now i have to do it with best ball because i just don't have the right. patience to set lineups i'm way too busy talking about fantasy and dynasty football to to be bothered on sunday or saturday mornings <laughs> my time is very precious anymore it feels like so i do best ball leagues but the fact that i can play college fantasy football 
with a game that I already watched. Like it used to just be I watched it casually on Saturday. I'm a Hawkeye fan. I catch the Hawkeye games. I catch the big games. Now I'm sitting there with a vested interest in like the Toledo Rockets. Because <laughs> I'm going like, I got that guy on my fantasy squad. So I want to thank you for creating another addiction for me. And having you on right now. So some of the leagues that Adam and I started, we dove into last year. They are best ball. But supplemental drafts are going to be coming up. And uh, we're rookies. We're, we're, we don't know what the hell we're doing, right? We're just as green as the freshmen coming in. We need somebody to help people, right? I hope last year when we did a, a couple C2C episodes, we got some more people interested. More people funneled over to campuscant.com. Nice plug. Boom. Chink. I don't get paid for it, but it just works seamlessly. But hopefully we got some more people in. And I, I hope the listeners out there are in the same spot. So, Matt, this supplemental draft coming up, yeah. Let's talk about it, man. What are some of your biggest takeaways? What are some guys? Where do we start? <laughs> I'm a rookie. I don't know nothing, man. Take it away. Man, so if you're approaching this from like a dynasty perspective, which is kind of the way I, I try to sell it to people, especially early on, because that's where most people are coming from, right? It's from the dynasty fantasy football space. Most people are not just diving straight into C2C and saying, hey, let's figure this out. You want to approach what freshmen are. Cons- consider them your rookies. In your rookie draft. So your first couple of rounds are going to be those guys. And, and my suggestion would be just like this year, actually, in, in your rookie drafts, if you have a top five pick, you're really happy. You're, you're going to get one of these studs in this class, whether it's Arch Manning going to Texas, Dante Moore, UCLA or Malachi Nelson, USC, all three of those guys, quarterbacks, top three quarterbacks, three guys that we rated tier one in our group. And then you've got a bunch of wide receivers and only two you can argue three top-end running backs uh, in this class, but really early on in these supplemental drafts, you're going to go freshman. We'll we'll talk about some guys here in a little bit, I'm sure, like Shador Sanders, uh, you know, Colorado's new quarterback, Deion Sanders' son, Devontae Walker. He's a, a guy who transferred up from the G5, is going to be at North Carolina with Drake May. Those guys that are going to be later on in your drafts, so and we can discuss, if you've never been in one, what exactly that means going and getting those guys. But early on, you want to attack freshmen. And I definitely agree with what you said on the best ball part. I wanted to touch on that really quick. If if, if this is a, a format that you're interested in trying and you are a little hesitant to want to set your lineups, because it is a lot of work. I mean, look, I, I love it. I, I love the C2C format. I am someone who we do a 6, it's a 6 a.m. my time. I'll put it that way. I, I Central time. 6 a.m. radio show uh, to start off the college football day. We do. So I am up from like 530 in the mornings. We got to get on, do sound check and all this stuff till about 11 o'clock at night because we are full in all college football. I love it. But I do understand that some most people outside of me have lives. I really don't have a life. My, my wife hates me. My kids are great soccer players, so they just go do their own thing. I just kind of stay at home and watch college football all day. I've got time to set my lives, but if you don't, I, I would suggest going the best ball route. It, it's the easiest way to get into the format, and I will say the one big downfall we have seen, although I do think that will change with college football moving forward, is because they don't have any strict like betting stuff in place like the NFL does where the lines shift and move with player injuries and everything. They have to announce those. You may not find out that one of your star college players is not playing in your, in your lineup till like the second quarter of the game when all of a sudden the announcers are like, hey, why isn't this dude out on the field? And you had no idea because there's no injury reports whatsoever. 
best ball eliminates that risk of you having to do it. Now they did change that rule, but it's still kind of fan tracks. It's working through that. And it's the only place that you can play it. Uh, so it, it's interesting, but yeah, we, we appreciate all the love and I would definitely suggest if you're just trying it out, try best ball. And if you like it, I love setting lineups still. I'm holding on. I'm a dinosaur. I, I still very much like setting lineup leagues, but uh, definitely try it with the best ball format first. I will say for the uh, the couple of leagues that I got in that are best ball too. One of the interesting things is, I mean, they're they're true to the core best ball. There was no waivers at all on the college side in season, so I'm kind of excited to see like who maybe slipped through the cracks a little bit. Yeah. You know, in the early drafts, uh, the roster sizes definitely. I think we made them deep enough too, where it wasn't such a hindrance. Um, you know, some people still went out there and foolishly, you know, drafted only two tight ends on a 45 man college roster for whatever God awful reason. And then complained, obviously when you get to week four, they're both hurt <laughs> and they're taking zeros every single week, but Hey, that's on them for not building depth. But I am interested to see, especially in those best ball formats where they don't do waivers. If it, if it increases the, the likelihood that there's some of those guys that are slipped out there where, you know, in your traditional ones, Matt, uh, those guys are getting picked up off of waivers in season, just like a regular fantasy league. So it'll be interesting to see if I do have any uh, any questions like, hey, man, uh, odd, odd thing here. This guy is is on waivers. <laughs> where where would he wreck in this uh, in the supplemental draft I'm about to do? But let's start right at the quarterback position in these supplemental drafts. Who are the freshman quarterback coming in? I mean, you mentioned Arch Manning. I'm sure a lot of people know him. But who are the other guys in there that – we should be excited about taking and and kind of just give the people an idea, put it in, in layman's terms, like you said, rookie draft, where they would be going in a supplemental, you know, pick eight, pick nine, pick 10, or these back end first, these second round guys that we're looking at adding, or how excited should we be about some of these guys? Yeah, really quick. I, I want to talk about the, the no waivers thing, because that is also a very intriguing way to do it i personally prefer four moves a year you can use it anytime with fab so if you waste all your money you can't even make your four uh, but i'm in i don't know if you'd call it a quote-unquote expert league but like i'm in one it is same thing 45 man rosters it's actually two copy but you can only have it you play a, a west side and an east side team but you can only roster the player on one side so it makes you build out realistically you have 90 players overall you have two nfl sides as well um, and in this one, for instance, Luke Musgrave, Will Levis, Luke Schoonmaker, Tyler Scott, Brenton Strange, um, some of those guys are all in our rookie draft. If you don't do waivers, that's honestly the best way to make your rookie drafts more fruitful. So if that is something that you want to have, I would suggest doing that. Tucker Craft, obviously, and there's what you can't roster FCS guys. But like if, if you want to do that, because guys like Will Levis, I mean, again, not, not to go back to him, like, he wasn't a guy that was scoring a lot of, of fantasy points. So mm. people really weren't drafting him. So we weren't sure what his NFL outlook was going to be. Well, now all of a sudden, you know, he's a guy that's going to be a top pick in, in that draft. And you got yourself a starting quarterback. That was the same thing like Malik. Well, now Malik Willis was with Trey Lance, for instance, a couple years ago, King, because the FCS guy. Going to the freshman quarterback. So for me, what we do at C2C. We, we definitely approach this from the fantasy side of things when we look at our players. We, we do the same thing, though, as like 24-7 sports on three rivals ESPN. We grade these players based on what we think. Again, none of us are, you know, NFL scouts or anything like that. So take that with a grain of salt however you want. We graded three quarterbacks to be in our tier one, which we gave a grade of 80 or higher, which to us we would equate as a five-star player. That's Malachi Nelson, who's going to USC. Um, in my opinion, he is – 
arguably the best. I can hear the argument for Dante more, but I think Malachi Nelson has a little bit of a better arm. He's a little bit more mobile, and I love the pairing of him with Lincoln Riley. I mean, that that's the guy, right? When you're going, I mean, I love Ryan Day, massive Ohio State fan. I, I don't know if you're if you're going to watch this on video or not. You'll see Ohio State memorabilia all around me. Love Ohio State. Lincoln Riley's a dude. I mean, multiple Heisman winners, multiple quarterbacks in the first round. He turned Jalen Hurts from quote unquote just a running quarterback into a second round pick. Now, dude just landed a, a you know multi year highest paid quarterback in the league kind of thing. Till Lamar got his deal. So paired with him, I think he he's got to be the number one. Dante Moore though is an extremely good quarterback, and he's that guy that I would say is your very safe floor. High possible high ceiling guy. He he's a guy who's started when he was an eighth grader. So I mean, I, I don't know if you played football at all, Mike, in, in yep. high school. He was a guy who walked on as a freshman in high school and started in the most competitive school district and on the best team in Detroit. As a true freshman, won the starting job and started all four years. He made the state championship three years in a row. I'm sorry, made all four years. Won it three years in a row. He did not win it his freshman year, but then won it his sophomore, junior, and senior year. Dude is an absolute stud. Now he goes to a system in UCLA with Chip Kelly, who you know, has been known for what he did for Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Obviously, he, he wasn't a high-end pick. Ended up going to Cleveland Browns, I think, in the fourth or fifth this year. But more well-known for what he was able to do with Marcus Mariota in Oregon back in the day. Got him a first-round pick. Now, Dante Moore is not nearly as mobile, but he is a 10 times better quarterback prospect than what Marcus Mariota is. And then the third guy in our tier one is Arch Manning. Everybody knows the last name. Um, and, and I think it's fair to say his landing spot is incredibly good as well with Texas. I mean, the, the big fear you're going to have with them is they're going to the SEC next year, so they're going to be playing tough for competition. But he's got those dudes around him. He's got John Tay Cook. He's got DeAndre Moore. He's going to have Cedric Baxter Jr., who I think is a, a really talented running back, top offensive line. And then, of course, he's got Steve Sarkeesian, who – you know, you look at his history as well with quarterbacks to a tongue of Iowa, Matt Jones, Matt Ryan, the year he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta, had his best fantasy season ever with Sark there. He put Jake Locker in the first round back when he was at Washington. You got Cody Kessler drafted in the third round. Uh, he's an absolute mastermind when it comes to quarterbacks as well. So I think Arch is in for a, a very good college career as well for him. He would be arguably the third pick when it, it just really kind of comes down to your, your team construction and roster build on what you want to do. But those would be the first three picks and the, the top three quarterbacks that I'd be aiming to get. So let me ask this too, from the perspective of you, we're, we're talking about freshmen coming in and it's a little bit different than how you view rookies when they come into the NFL. I mean, long gone are the days you, you say it, but we, we talk about it every year with, with rookie quarterbacks coming in the NFL. Oh, they're going to sit for a while and, Rarely does that ever happen. I mean, there's only been a handful of quarterbacks in the last 10, 15 years that have actually sat for a full season. I think the last one before Jordan Love that actually sat for a full year because Mahomes did start the final week of the season and got to play. But the only one who didn't start a game was Jordan Love. And then the guy before that was Aaron Rodgers, on Green Bay Packers. So that's how long in between it was. When we talk about freshman quarterbacks coming in, and, and we are playing to win money in most of these, uh, depending on how your C2C set up, but you're playing for money. In mine, it's it's 40% of the pot, right? Is all on the college side. First place is, is basically getting a hell of a lot more money than second place gets on the NFL side. So it's well worth it to try to go and win that side. 
So when you look at these quarterbacks, right, you got three guys in tier ones that you're going to take in your supplemental draft. Is it safe to say, though, between Malachi Nelson and Arch Manning, though, those are guys that we're probably projecting that don't play or score fantasy points this year. So if you have a team that you're trying to compete with, isn't Dante more kind of the one that you want to make your bet on to go like, I think this guy might actually start right out the gate? Yeah, if you're wanting a guy to start right away, Dante Moore is the one that you want to go for. I think he's got a shot to start week one. It seems like they're going to go Ethan Garbers, but outside of, you know, unfortunately, I mean, knock on wood, outside of any kind of injury to, you know, our Prince, Quinn Ewers, right. or obviously the the great and talented Caleb Williams, you're not seeing Arch Manning. Honestly, you're not seeing Arch unless Quinn and uh, Malik Murphy go down because Arch is a three on Texas. He, he's not seeing the field unless both those guys go down. And then you're probably not seeing Malachi unless Caleb goes down, which none of us wants to see that either because that dude is extremely talented. Dante Moore will start at some point in time this year. Play there. There's two quarterbacks that I would put up. I'm sorry. There's three quarterbacks that I would put in the top tier in my top eight that all have a chance to start this year. Dante Moore's one, and he's the only tier one guy. Uh, this guy just made it into my tier two. Um, and you're going to love him because he's a lot like Will Levis, but he's more mobile. He's got that arm. He's oh, got that elite I'm arm talent. It's Nico Yamalava, who went to Tennessee in that offense. Now, we saw the, the NFL didn't necessarily value that Tennessee offense, but this kid's got all the tools in the world, and the difference between him and Hendon Hooker is He's a five-star quarterback, and there was arguments about him being the number one QB in that class. If Joe Milton struggles and Tennessee loses a couple of games, we, I, I would be on. I would not be surprised if Nico ends up getting in at some point in time. He was actually one of the guys who early enrolled in November at Tennessee once his high school season was over. He was at the bowl game where they beat Clemson in uniform on the field. He didn't get in the game, but he's already been at Tennessee. He he knows what's going on there, and then. One of my personal favorites in, in the class is Aiden Childs. He's a young kid, 17 years old, but he's extremely mobile. Uh, I, In my opinion, he's got a very good arm. His 70% completion percentage, I believe it was 73 in his final year, which is just almost unheard of even in high school football. And now it was in Division II California, but still California, one of the better high school you know, systems in the country. You go through Max Prep's rankings, and a lot of those schools were ranked in the top 50 to 100. Uh, and he goes to Oregon State. Now, right now, DJ DJU is going to be the starter, but if he falters, I would not be surprised if Aiden Childs gets in. But those are probably the only three in, like, the top 10-ish quarterbacks that I could see really getting on the field and giving you any significant playing time. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Underdog. That's right. Destination Debbie is now partnered with Underdog. An incredible opportunity and you know my affinity for best ball. How about getting in those contests and taking down some of these big tournaments, getting that best ball money. And right now, if you sign up with promo code 4DCHESS, you'll get a 100% deposit match up to the first $100. And the best part is Destination Debbie Discord will be free to you for a year. You will get access to all the strategy that we will be talking about as far as taking down some of these tournaments and and the best ball tools that will come with it. What a perfect marriage. Destination Debbie, 4D Chess, Underdog, Best Ball, Say Less and Sign Me Up. Now, back to the show. 
If you're looking for that, though, and this is where I think the college side and C2C leagues become so much more, at least from, in my opinion, more fun than the NFL. The NFL, you're limited. There's 32 starters. There's really only so much you can do. On the college side of things, teams, if you're sitting 101, I'm still taking Malachi Nelson or Dante Moore. I'm fine with either one, but I'm still taking Malachi Nelson or Dante Moore. And even if, you know, they come out and say Dante Moore's not taking a snap this year, you can still get a CFF guy that's going to start for you and probably be top 24 in like round five or six of the supplemental draft. So you're still getting that Debbie asset, but then you can find a guy later on to score you points, which again is what I think makes the college side so much fun. It's not limited. There's 132 of those bad boys sitting out there. You just got to find the right ones to pick and start. And especially as you, we talked about at the beginning of the show in best ball, you only have to grab a couple darts. And as long as a couple of those guys hit, you're good to go. I mean, I won a championship last year with uh, Clay Millen as my starter, who was a Colorado State quarterback. Colorado State. I, I you know, I, I bet you most people listening is like Colorado <laughs> State has a college football team. They do, guys. And that guy won me a championship where I got paid out seven hundred dollars on our on our college side. It was Let's beautiful. Go. I was I'm look, I'm gonna tell you, I was stressing all night. I was going up against Shane Hallam. He had Jaron Hall and um uh, God, who was it? Roma Dunze going in the night game Saturday night, and then I had uh God, who is it? Jalen McMillan. And luckily, I shouldn't say luckily. Thank you, Jer. I shouldn't even say thank you. Jaron Hall got injured and pulled. And then Romo Dunze and Jalen McMillan went back and forth and ended up winning by like five points. But yeah, it was it was beautiful. And again, that was my starting quarterback, was Clay Millen. Like that, those right. are the kind of guys you can find on the college side that that make it so much fun. I had a lot last year too. Like I I think I'm a college football fan, and then I get into a campus camp league. And I'm and I listen to you guys talk over there too, and I'm like, I know absolutely nothing compared to these guys, right? I I'm literally in round twenty something, and I'm going, oh yeah, I'm taking that tight end from Utah. I thought it was Kuthi. I thought that's who I was taking. I ended up taking Dalton Kincaid, and was pleasantly surprised the entire year. But it's not because I'm some sort of savant who saw it coming. I actually thought it was the other two. <laughs> <laughs> but the same thing you're talking about at the quarterback position. I remember being so enthralled with Daquan Finn all last yeah. year and just watching him score me point after point after point. And you look up at the end of the week and I'm going, man, he dropped another 50 burger. Yeah. He dropped another 55 and other people out there. Yes. While those talents are going to the NFL and it's the names, you know, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, they had them on their rosters. I'm sitting there like, I got this guy in like round 40. Something. Yep. <laughs> so, so college quarterback is an interesting one, especially when you start getting into the action, which is some of my favorite things to do because I have no idea who the hell these guys are. <laughs> I just look at fantasy points, baby. All right. At the quarterback position, then what about some of the supplemental ones? Like uh, for most people, I know there were some leagues that did placeholders last year for a guy like Shadur Sanders. It's something that Ray had talked about. We talked about it in voice chat. You know, if you're doing a C2C startup, see if you can't use a placeholder and take Shadur Sanders because he th he, Ray at the time thought he was going to go and transfer and play Division One football. So where would he fit in in these supplemental drafts right now? Shador Sanders, all the hype. Everybody knows who the, who the kid is, who's his name. That kind of happens when you're Dion's boy. <laughs> People know who you are. And let's be frank, I actually like what I see from him. He does look like a good, competent college quarterback, and we'll kind of see where it goes from there, if he has a nice, legitimate shot at the NFL or not. But where are you ranking him right now, Matt? So it's an interesting – way to I don't know where to rank him 
I've seen him go anywhere from the second round of the supplemental draft to like the seventh or eighth. And it really just kind of comes down to how you value freshmen in these leagues. And that that's kind of the big thing. Cause again, if you're looking at it from a dynasty perspective, it's just like when you go into your rookie drafts in a dynasty league and, and you've got some of those old guys in there, whatever, like an Andy, maybe someone dropped an Andy Dalton because they didn't think he was going to land on a team. And you're sitting there in the second or third round. You're like, okay, do I really want to take Stetson Bennett or do I want to take Andy Dalton? For me, I'd be fine taking him probably about round three because I feel like that first, those first two rounds of C2C leagues with the freshmen available when it comes to whether it's the quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. I mean, I was looking at a second round earlier. And in the second round of a draft, I'm looking at Nico Went, who we just talked about being a quarterback who could start not only put up Buku points again. I mean, Hendon Hooker was a starter for you in C2C leagues uh, for the past two years. And again, I, I like Hooker. He does not have the talent that Nico does. Uh, and Nico's got that rushing upside as well. Like Nico could be really good for you on your college side. Cameron Selden, who's the guy that we love over at C2C, going in the second round. Ruben Owens, Kedrick Roscano, Malik Benson, who's the Juco transfer up to go into the wide receiver going to Alabama. All these guys going in the second round. I'd probably rather have all of them over, over Shador right now. And then I'd probably take Shador in like the third round. I don't disagree with you. That is, there is NFL upside there. Even if you just want to talk about the last name and, and I know people discount that it matters guys. Like we've seen that the NFL values bloodlines. It's why we've continued at, at C2C to say the people shitting on Arch Manning, like I, you're telling on yourselves because you don't think that you can say all day that you don't think it matters. It does matter that that is that he's a Manning. It just does. And the NFL is going to care about that. He's going to get his shot. And I do think the same thing with Shador. My big fear with him is I really think if you take him, you're betting on him getting the draft capital and you're really playing for next year because we've seen all the transfers out. They had, I mean, at one point in time this year, they were sitting with like, I think it was 20 players on scholarship. You can have 45 guys like they lost over half their room to the transfer portal. And then they brought in a bunch of guys and it's a little bit different in my opinion. Now bringing guys in in the spring compared to the winter, the winter it's a lot of, there's going to be good players in the portal and they're just looking to get out of wherever they're at in the spring. The guys who typically enter the transfer portal, all the guys who just found out they lost their jobs and they're not going to be the starters that they thought they would. And now they're all coming to Colorado and while I get that the Pac-12 is not the SEC or the Big Ten, he's got an offensive line that is really bad. And realistically, outside of Travis Hunter, he doesn't have a lot of help around him. And Shador is not going to be able to do it all himself. And, and Travis Hunter is going to be playing defense as well. He's not going to be playing wide receiver the whole time. So like, I feel like Shador's production for you on the college side may not be there year one. I do love the offensive coordinator he brought in and Sean Lewis. Uh, you know, you go look at what Colin Schley did with him last year at, at Kent State. I mean, he got that dude a transfer up to UCLA and everybody thought he was going to be the starter until they landed Dante Moore. And, and Shador is in, infinitely better than he is. So I think he will be good. But I think you're really betting on, a, you know, next year college production and hopeful, you know, NFL draft capital. And we'll see. That's going to be a really good class right now. I mean, you've got Drew Alar is probably going to top that class. We'll see what happens with K club. Nick, I do think Shador could probably jump into the top five quarterbacks of that group. But like right now, I wouldn't put him up there with, at least with Alar. like Drew Alar, I think has got a chance to be a very, very special talent in that class. 
So let's talk a little strategy here before we move on to other positions. But the quarterback's a very interesting one because we have such a hard time, even at the NFL level, when these guys are rookies projecting who the hell is going to be good and who's going to be a horrible quarterback. Who's going to be Trevor Lawrence? Who's just Zach Wilson? Who's going to fall flat on their face? The only thing I really do anymore in, in rookie drafts is I just follow draft capital at the quarterback. If the NFL takes you in round one, you matter to me, and that's who I want to take in the first rounds of my rookie drafts. But we're talking another full three probably four years out for some of these guys as freshmen. Does it change anything for you at all, Matt, strategy-wise, when you look at these quarterbacks on your, your C2C rosters and you're thinking about the NFL side? Do you project any of them to have actual like success at the NFL level? Like, Does it change at all where you're going, I know they're going to a good college system, they're probably going to be a good college quarterback, but I really just don't see it for the NFL. Maybe they're too small. Maybe there's something that knocks them I don't know if we can really use the too small thing anymore when when Bryce Young is a, right. you know a, going where he's going in the NFL and that guy is is, is tiny. Come on, he he's tiny. But I don't think that matters anymore. But there are things like that that you look at it all, Matt, trying to project guys out three four years. Man, it's hard. I I said this on a show recently, and and I want to say Ray has said this recently too. I think just as a community, we tend to overrate our ability to predict who's actually going to make it to the NFL and thrive. So I do look at that somewhat, but at a certain point, it, I guess the way I'll put this is it's kind of uh, the con Congress's definition of porn. You know it when you see it. There's players I look at, and I'm like, okay, I see it. Malachi Nelson, Dante Moore, Arch Manning, I see it. Like, again, great landing spots for all three of them. They've got the tools. They're probably going to make it into the NFL. But then when you look at some of the other guys down the line, it's just kind of like, do I really want to project this guy who is a three-star who now just went to Michigan State, who's, you know, I think the best player they put in is, who was the dude that went to the Jets? Was it Connor Cook? Or I can't remember who. <laughs> back yeah. to the Raiders back in the day. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> do that, I really want to. That funny, too, because that one, if you look at it, look at Connor Cook sometime. If you've ever watched Draft Day, for those of you who ever yeah. watched that, that's the real-life Bo Callahan, apparently. Yeah, he is yeah. Connor Cook. <laughs> Yeah, like, you, you you know, do you want to project that guy to go to the NFL? Probably not. So I, I don't value that much in it uh, just because I think a lot of people look at, like, I'll go back even just a couple years. Uh, three years ago, if you were in the first round of a C2C draft, this is when the, our company first started, first started, right? We, were, we, we just started out about three years ago. Number one ranked player, DJU. Oh, He's yeah. can't miss, guys. Can't right. miss. He's got the tools, got the talent, got the five-star pedigree. He's going to Clemson. We just saw what they were able to do with Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be in the NFL draft in three years. You know who, who You know who number two was? Oh, no. Spencer Rattler. Yes. Can't miss. Can't Lincoln miss, Riley man. quarterback. Yeah, let's go. We got another one. We're heading where, to the NFL. Where are they now, right? Like, so yeah, no one cares. For me, I try not to speak in absolutes with that stuff because I think that taught us a massive lesson. Even Bo Nix. I mean, you talked about earlier. Yes rookie quarterbacks never starting it you actually the last freshman to start an entire season was Bo Nix back in Auburn four years ago freshmen don't start anymore either with with the way the college football's going so realistically I just look at a couple guys and I say if I see it there I'll, I'll maybe believe in it but honestly now I I go soul in on like I see the the the, the recruiting pedigree I see the tools and then if they go to a good team I'm gonna be honest if Malachi Nelson went to 
Nebraska, he would not be my QB1. I don't care how talented he is because although I like Matt Rule and I think he's going to be able to turn it around, I don't know that I believe he's going to turn him into a first-round quarterback. So then Dante Moore, Arch Manning, bump yourselves up a couple spots. So I do value it some, but I try not to put too much weight on and say, oh, well, this dude has an NFL arm, so I know he's going to get there. doesn't matter what team he goes on. I think all that matters. Now, you you have to factor that stuff in. We've just seen – I mean, we – there's certain teams and certain coaches in the college football landscape that produce players, whether it's wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, and put them in the NFL. Those are the guys that I'm willing to bet on when it comes to freshmen. I like it. All right, let's move on to the running back position. And quickly, for those of you who don't know, if you haven't gone to campus to Canton and signed up yet, get your ass there. Go do it. I'm looking at it, man, and and I don't follow this as much as you do, right? We've acknowledged this. I am a novice. I am a casual but this is why I sub to the website. This is why I have you guys on as guests. You and Felix have been phenomenal in helping me and Adam through this. Right at the top, man, I see a guy, Cedric B. from Texas. Yeah, All right, I'm already in. I'm interested. The old school me is like, oh, Cedric B. from Texas at running back? I like this guy. He's number one. Talk about Cedric Baxter Jr. I mean, dude, I love Cedric Baxter Jr. So this is a kid who he's not going to have that uh... – elite speed but he's got enough i think we have him clocked at like 21.5 miles an hour which is plenty fast you know it's not going to be the fastest guy in the class but he can catch the ball he again lands at texas which is going to have a really good offensive line he's not going to end up being Bijan, but i think he's a very talented player great vision great footwork he's extremely fast with his feet continues him moving whenever he gets up to the line knows when to press the hole knows when to burst out and again really good hands and the big thing that I think matters for him, the, the room in front of him is not that talented in Jade on blue. Uh, you've also got uh, Jonathan Brooks, who who was okay last year, but I think Cedric Baxter's chance to take a step forward. Steve Sarkeesian, every year that he has coached a full season, has had a, at least a 1,000-yard, 1,000-yard running back on his roster. So as long as Steve Sarkeesian's there, you know that one of his running backs is going to get production. I'll even argue his second running back, if you go through every single year outside of the year he was fired from USC where he only coached like four games, those were the second running back on the team has gotten about 45% of the workload, and they've gotten 800-plus yards as well. So he loves his running game. We saw it last year with Bijan. I mean, look, in fact, I, I mean, I don't know that you could – I think I'm a bigger fan of Quinn Ewers than his parents are. Yet there were times last year that I was watching Texas games. And I'm like, dude, you have got to stop him from throwing the ball. You are just hurting him. Turn around and give it to Bijan Robinson, who's just standing there pissed off. I think they're, that Cedric Baxter's in for an amazing next couple of years. Even with the move to the SEC and the tougher defenses, he's going to be the guy. He is my number one running back. I wouldn't say easily because I, for me, the guy I had ranked right behind him only graded out about like 0.6 points behind him. So it's not a big separator, but he is my number one. So you got a Texas running back at the top. Yeah. The guy who's coming right behind him, Ho-Hum, Alabama, they reload again. Talk a little bit about Justice Hayes, man. I love the name and everyone's going to love the fact he goes to Alabama, but we have been burned by Alabama running backs in the past that haven't panned out. I'm not going to name any names, <laughs> but I've done it. I've been there. What about Justice Hayes makes him where he ranks up? I hear at the top next to Cedric Baxter. So Justice Haynes to me is a better running back than what Cedric Baxter is. I think he has it all. This dude's 
hesitation and vision is I, I hesitate to use. I used to use the word elite all the time. I try not to use that word anymore, but to me it is like he has got incredible footwork, really good receiver played in, in a top conference in high school. He rates to me fairly closely to guys like miles Sanders. And, and I do, you know, you say miles Sanders and probably leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But you remember how good he was at Penn state. Yes. And realistically, I think if you kind of take away his injuries, I think he'd have been a really good NFL player as well. He can do it all. And we talked earlier about NFL bloodlines. He is the son of one famous Vernon Hayes, who was in the NFL as well. He can do it all. And, and what makes him even more intriguing to me, Nick Saban, who I love, I, I used to hate, but now I've come around and just like respect what he's been able to do so much at the college football level. Very rarely does that man praise a freshman and talk about them doing anything good he could not say a negative thing about Justice Haynes this entire spring. Dude was killing it. Like, their running back room, I think Jace McClellan's going to be the guy, but, like, outside of him, it's Roy Dale. It's those Alabama running backs you've been burned by. Those are the rest of the guys that are on the roster. There's yes. nobody talented. Justice Haynes is that dude. I think, realistically, the only fear anybody had with him, and I'm not the guy who really worries that much, is that, again, some some guys, at least at Campus of Canton and, and other people in the industry, don't love it if you don't have like true breakaway speed. And he doesn't. He's not a guy who's always going to score from 60 yards away. He, he doesn't have that like elite, you know, Travis Etienne breakaway speed. And he is listed a little bit smaller. I believe on Alabama's website now he's at 205. He was below 200. Some people knock running backs for that. I don't really care because I, I think a lot of these running backs lie about their weight sometimes. So I, I don't think it's that big of an issue but yeah he he's the next guy for me as well he was right behind Cedric Baxter I didn't have the guts uh you know I shouldn't have said that because Felix is gonna listen to this damn it. <laughs> I'll just say I didn't put him at one he was Felix's number one running back and Felix has been staunchly on he is better than Cedric Baxter and I can see the argument like I said earlier Baxter barely rated higher than him for me but I'd be fine taking either one of these guys um in your supplemental draft after those top three quarterbacks all right, we got one more guy that kind of falls into that tier just based on the consensus rankings over there at campuscanton.com. Roderick Robinson the second, and of course, yeah. the rich just keep get richer, a Georgia running back to join the Robinson brothers, right? Mr. Branson Robinson over there, who I drafted way too much of last year in my campus Canton startups. Yeah, Roderick Robinson is that dude. Uh, so he is in a very elite group of players, and I wish I remembered exactly what it was because I, I don't remember the players, but I know one is Derrick Henry, one is Bo Jackson. Maybe is it Bo Jackson? It's starting off great. <laughs> There's Okay, I'll just put it this way, and I'll see if I can find it. I'll, I'll give it to you guys at the end of the show. There's four players that have all been elite players at the college and NFL level that are all over six foot, over 230 pounds that all run 22 miles an hour. Oh, the baby. last one to be added to that list was one Roderick Robinson. The second add in the fact that he's going to arguably RBU in Georgia. I mean, they've done nothing but put running backs in from the college side of things. You probably hate that landing spot. Cause he's not probably right. going to see the field much this year. I mean, you mentioned Branson Robinson, that dude's incredible as well. He's going to have a good couple of years. But when Robinson hits the field, he's going to smash for you on the college football level, and he's going to be that guy in the NFL. Like, I can't remember if you like this player, so I'm not sure if I'm going to upset you right now. I know I'm going to – I'm pretty sure I am. I know I'm going to upset JB. He's what everybody wants Braylon Allen to be. 
That's who oh, Roger Robinson Jesus. really is. Like he's wow. that dude. He's got the speed. He's got the size. But the biggest thing is, and and I, I kid you not, go back and look. So this is how degenerate some of us are at C2C. And I don't love it. Again, it's why my wife hates me. We have a group of guys who Friday nights, instead of, you know, oh, I don't know, going out, having fun with friends, spending time with family, I'm watching high school football games on multiple high school apps and recording stuff to, you know, record highlights of players and, and go back and talk about them later. Roderick Robinson had 30 catches last year as a high school running back. They were not afraid to line him up in the slot. Like, this dude is a legit receiver as well, and that's where I would put the separation between him and Braylon out. Like, Braylon out, we haven't quite seen that yet. You know, I think he fights the ball a little bit. He is, like, slaps it, those little playgirl fights. When when they throw the ball to him, Braylon Allen's kind of fighting, not sure oh. what to do with it. He's got the, the what is it, Edward Scissors hands. He's not really sure what to do. Roderick Robinson looks like a wide receiver out there catching the ball. Smooth hands, baby. Uh, all kidding aside, yeah, I think he's, he's a phenomenal back. I would not – take him personally over Justice Haynes and Cedric Baxter. But yeah, he's the last guy that kind of comes into our tier three at, at the running back position. Do you have anybody who's flying under the radar a little bit, like some guys to keep an eye on, maybe some late round darts that you like to throw, throw at the wall and, and see what sticks, but guys that stick out to you were going like, yeah, if I'm in one of the last rounds of my supplemental draft, I'm making sure I get this guy. Yeah. So I don't know that he's going to fall to the, the last round, but I think he's been going in. I want to say it's, I'm trying to see if I could pull up his ADP. The fourth round, it looks like, okay. is is Kedrick Riscano going to Ole Miss. And, and I'll put it to you this way. His top bar, so you're not going to like one of them. I'm going to give you three players that he he compares to. Miles, uh, Miles Sanders again, so that one's good. The other one is Zach Evans, which not a lot of people love. But the top one is his teammate, Quinshawn Judkins. There we go. And he plays a lot like that guy. I mean, Lane Kiffin has a type. And I'm fine with it. Like once Quinshawn goes on, Kedrick's going to step in. And we even saw last year again, you know, I know Quinshawn ended up passing up Zach Evans. Zach Evans still got a lot of work. Well, Zach Evans is out the door now. Ole Miss, the only other guy they have there is Ulysses Bentley, who weighs like 160 pounds soaking wet. Kedrick Riscano is 210. I mean, he's he's built just like Quinshaw Judkins. I think he's going to get a lot of work. He's a guy again going in about the fourth round, so you'll have to reach for him a little bit. A guy going much later is going to Illinois, and that's, or is Illinois, Illinois, right? Illinois. It's Illinois. You don't say the S. It's like Des Moines. You don't say the S's. Come on, man. I apologize. Illinois is one Caden Fegan. Now, I just want to give you this, okay? 6'3", 240, okay? Here's his comps. I know. It sounds bad, right? 6'3", 240. You're like, what, is this dude going to play linebacker? What a unit. Listen to his comps here. Now, one. Braylon Allen, right? Okay, we're cool with that. Derrick Henry, but then because of his athleticism, Le'Veon Bell. Okay. At Hello. 240, this dude can move. He can catch passes. And at Illinois, they I mean, we just saw what they were able to do with Chase Brown. Yes. Like, I don't know that Fegan's going to be that guy that takes a step forward this year, but he is a really good player. He's like a three-star, too. So if you're going straight off 24-7's ranks, you, I mean – People forget about him. Yeah, he's a guy like I'd be happy taking in like the fifth round. And I think he's fallen even past that. So he's one. Uh, Two more that I'll give you. Uh, Actually, I'll give you three more. One more that I think has some NFL upside. I know some of the the guys at uh, Campus to Canton don't really like him. uh, But I'm all in on him as Cameron Cook. I mean, I I, I, so I wrote up his profile for a freshman supplemental guide. And and the way I would describe him behind the line is uh, I I comped him to, to a surgeon. 
the way that he is able to diagnose and just cut up defenses and get through the line. He's very surgical with the way he attacks holes, his burst. He's got incredibly good footwork. He comps very favorably to guys like Michael Pittman, Ruben Owens, who's a really good running back in this class, and Austin Eckler. Now, he is a little bit on the undersized. He, he's listed on, on TCU's website at 185. So, typically, you don't see guys put on 15 pounds. You know, but again, I think he's got a shot to be something in the NFL with just how good he is. And we've seen what, you know, TC was able to do with Kendra Miller. Now, Kendra Miller outweighs him by a good 30 pounds. So you yes. got that. But still, I think that he can be a really good running back. Two guys that I think are completely CFF, but are going later that I think could smash for you. Cole Cabana going to Michigan. I think he could be exactly what Donovan Edwards is. Now, again, he's on the lighter side. So you're probably not going to expect much NFL future for him. And the last guy, Dylan Edwards going to Colorado. Now, he is really on. I was going to try and pull up his weight here. He's really small. And I was one of the few guys at, at Campus of Kent who was really all in on him. I'm pretty sure that my grade of him is what's buoying him up. I think he's listed, what is he? He's uh, 67 overall in our, our freshman class. Um, and I'm, I'm almost positive my ranking of him is what's boosted him up that high. But he's listed at 165. 5'9", 165, but if you look at what Marquez Cooper was able to do in that Kent State offense last year, listed at the exact same height, dude was a top 10 running back for you in CFF because of how many catches he got and what he's able to do running the ball. I think Dylan Edwards can do that. Now, granted, it just just tell you also how special Nichols Harbor is. Nichols Harbor, what is he, like 6'5", 230, I think, uh, was competing to go into the Olympics. He's that fast of a sprinter. Dylan Edwards was won the fastest man competition um, in this class, beating out Harbor, who, again, is, is an absolutely special athlete. He's a unit. But Edwards is the fastest player in this class, and I think with his receiving ability and going into that offense, you know, there with, with Shador Sanders, who's not going to be afraid to check it down to him. I think he's an absolute CFF stud. Um, you can get him probably with your last-round pick because everybody looks at him and says, oh, 165 pounds, he'll never make it to the NFL. Okay, again, I want to win my college side. And if I can get a top 10 running back in the 15th round, getting me a ton of points, I'm all in. All right. We're going to move on to probably your favorite topic because we just talk about this team every single year and their wide receiver core over and over again. It's going to be the wide receivers. And there's a few, imagine that ho-hum breaking news, Ohio State guys near the top. But Matt, wide receivers, talk about them. So there's three guys that I would take in the first round, and uh, I'm sorry, four. Well, only one. Only one Ohio State guy, right? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll limit right. the talk for a minute here. Number one, Zachariah Branch. He gets the, the comps to Tyree Kill because of his speed. I'm hesitant to make that comps. We've barely, we we don't see a lot of players be really that fast, but he's an extremely We do it every player. year, right? Well, we, yeah. everybody's the next Tyreek Hill, and we've exactly. yet to find the next Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I mean, this dude has a chance to be that good, and and I really think the the addition of him going to Lincoln Riley as well, being paired with Caleb Williams this year, and then Malachi Nelson for two, is going to be really good. But he definitely falls in that spectrum with his speed. Now, he is not big, 5'10", 176. But, I mean, this dude is a, a very special athlete. Played on one of the best high school teams in the nation. Makai Lemon, who's also going to USC, was Malachi Nelson's teammate in high school, so they've already got that chemistry. I think he's going to be really good as well. 
Uh, the other two, Jonte Cook, who I think you could argue is going to end up being the best wide receiver in this class because he has the size. He is going to Texas, so he's going to be paired. He's going to play this year, so he's going to play with Quinn Ewers, and then he gets Arch Manning moving forward. He is an incredibly good player, six foot one eighty four might have some of the best footwork in this class and his ability to separate um, doesn't have like elite speed, but he, he plays it well. He knows when to use that burst to separate from defenders and, and is really good in the open field and played in DeSoto, Texas, some of the best competition in all of high school football. And in fact, he's the reason they won a state championship because of how good he was in the state championship game. So he is an absolute stud. And the last player on the list uh, that I would take in the first round is, is one Brandon Ennis, who is going to Ohio State. Now, I think he's been overlooked a little bit if you, if you go through like kind of the, the CFF and C2C community because of how much love Carnell Tate's gotten. Uh, he lost his black stripe early and has been there. Brandon Ennis, I think, is the he's the type of wide receiver that Brian Hartline loves. He can move all over the formations, and, and this is a true team guy. So his, I believe it was his junior, junior, sophomore year in high school, he played quarterback for American Heritage, one of the better high schools in, in all of the country in Florida. He played quarterback for them and actually tried to learn to be a quarterback because their quarterback got hurt and they were trying to win a state championship. He also played defensive back that that year. He played running back that year. He was their best punt returner and kick returner. Oh, and he's also one of the best wide receivers in the nation. He fits very favorably into that JSN role, which is why I think we might see him a little bit more this year than some of the other guys at Ohio State because you've got Julian Fleming, Xavier Johnson, Jaden Ballard, Marvin Harrison Jr. on the outside. Where in the slot, all you have is a Mecca Ekbuka. And, and Mecca's not coming off the field a ton, but when he does, Brandon Ennis, I think, is going to slot into that role. And he's a guy who you can use all over the field. They'll use him as jet sweeps. Uh, so he's the last guy. And he's one, I think, going the last of those guys. I think I'd feel better taking him. Again, we've just seen what Brian Hartline has done with these guys. And, and you've got to give him all the credit. It's why he's been able to get these wide receivers. You didn't talk about one Ohio State guy on there, and that's the transfer. I finally got one on you. All right, Caleb Brown coming to the University of Iowa, making the correct choice. <laughs> I know he doesn't matter for supplemental drafts, probably, but can you talk to me, give me a little bit of good feeling about former Ohio State University wide receiver Caleb Brown coming to this horrible dog shit offense at the University uh, of Iowa? So he is a wide receiver, and he is going to play <laughs> wide receiver for your team. Is that is that is that doing a good enough job of selling him for you? That's I'm about not all I need. Really sure. Now he's he's a he's a, a good player. I don't I don't think he rated fairly high for us last year. He probably rated in as like a high three star, low end four star. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's got good hands. He's a decent route runner. I, I think his problem he just landed. Or I shouldn't say landed. He picked where he was going. He he picked to go to a bad place. And when I right. say that is a you go to Ohio State and you see that the room that they have, and then unfortunately you know Brian Hartline's going to continue to bring those guys in. And I think he just got pushed into the middle and is not going to see any time. My biggest fear is what the, you know what's going to happen at quarterback. Really, like can anybody yeah. get Caleb Webb the ball? If they can do that, I'm sure he'll be fine for you guys. <laughs> well, you're not a big Cade McNamara fan. You know, Shout out to I'm, the C2C I'm, guys. I know you love Cade McNamara and Iowa's offense. I'm I'm all about his scorched earth mentality coming over to Iowa, and I hope that it succeeds as long as it's not against Ohio State. I, I would love for them to beat Michigan this year. If, I don't know if they play, but uh, I'd love for that to happen. Any uh, deeper wide receivers? Uh, not necessarily they don't have to be NFL talents or the guys that we're projecting to get there, but what about college production? Any of these freshmen going to be able to step in right away in good offenses and put points on the field for you? 
Yeah, so jump in right away. Jaden Greathouse going to Notre Dame. Big wide receiver, played Westlake, Texas, uh, where, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Cade Klubnick just came from. Really good wide receiver. I actually do think he probably has some NFL upside just because of his size, but he's not the guy that you love to have on your team. He's definitely more of like a contested catch guy, so he's not the guy that you 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 love to have. But he's going to be the guy. Notre Dame has no one unfortunately, on their team this year. I think, again, having Sam Hartman, they're going to pass the ball more. Vandrevious Jacobs going to Florida State. I mean, he's gotten a ton of love this spring. Everybody's all in on Hakeem Williams because he gets the comps to Julio Jones. But Vandrevious Jacobs is a very talented wide receiver in his own right. He's been impressing, as I said, early on. I think he's got a shot to play early on for Florida State as well. And he could be a guy that I think could smash for you. You know, he, he comps, you know, favorably to not great players, but overall, I think that he is a good wide receiver for you, at least on the CFF side of things. You know, you said it doesn't have that necessarily have the NFL future like right. Williams does, right. but if he produces free on the college side, that's all that matters. The The sneaky, um, there's two. Actually, I'll, I'll say there's three. Tayshawn Lyons going to Washington. Uh, we've seen the love. I mean, we've got people out there saying Romo Dunze is better than Marvin Harrison Jr. on Twitter because yeah. of what he was able to do. And I think a lot of that, yeah, I'm with you, but you know, people say it, so I'm just going to mention it. Uh, They that a lot of that I think is because of the Kalen DeBoer offense. Like that dude is is much like Lincoln Riley, which is one thing I don't think Lincoln Riley gets enough credit for is his ability to scheme wide receivers open. I mean, you go back to Ceedee Lamb and Marquise Brown were there and watching those guys just like wide open. You're like, those are the best wide receivers in college football. How are they that wide open? Kalen DeBoer does the same thing with Romo Dunes and Jalen McMillan. And I think Tayshawn Lyons has a chance to really be one of those guys for Washington. He ranked in, I think he's like the third fastest wide receiver in this class. He's probably not going to see a lot of playing time this year, unfortunately, because Romo Dunze and Jalen McMillan came back. But moving forward, that dude could be an absolute smash. Uh, Malachi Coleman, the athlete going to uh, to Nebraska. He's a little bit raw at the wide receiver position, but Matt Rule seems to love this guy. Uh, Matt Rule has produced good quarterbacks and wide receivers when he was at Temple. He took a team that was barely winning four games a year, had them win in the conference, and then he turned Baylor around after the death sentence and made them Big 12 champs. And I believe, oh God, who was it? Bryce Petty put in the second round yes. to the Jets. We saw those wide receivers going. You know, Denzel Mims, who was the yeah. other one? I mean, Josh Gordon was there. Like, he, I don't, Josh Gordon won there when, when, uh, Corey uh, Coleman. Yeah. Corey Coleman. Oh, God. Corey Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that one up. Yeah. No problem. Quitting, quitting in the middle of hard knocks and Hugh Jack. Trade me. Trade me. She won't play me. Yeah. Big baby. Josh Gordon wasn't there, but it's that same system, is what I was trying to say w- w- with the Gordon side of things. But, uh, I, you know, I think Malachi Coleman has a chance to be really good. And then this, the sneaky one. And this is only because of the recent transfer. Jalen Smith in Michigan State. He is a guy who played in Texas with some of the best competition, but he played behind one Matthew Golden, his final year, Matthew Golden's final year in high school, who ended up going, coming into Houston, really good for one of the actually the best freshman wide receivers in the class production-wise. And he kind of got overlooked because he was playing in the in the G5 with Houston. Now they'll be in the P5 going to the Big 12. And then Jalen Smith broke out last year as a senior. And just got overlooked, but he's got the size. He's a really good player. We were fearful that he wasn't going to see a lot of playing time this year, so we were kind of not really sure how to rank him. Well, Keon Coleman enters the transfer portal, which is really the only guy in front of him on that side of the depth chart. I think he's got a chance to be really good. Now, 
take that with a little bit of grain of salt. I don't know how much you love the Michigan State offense and how much they're really going to pass the ball, but Keon Coleman had his moments last year. That's why he was able to enter the transfer portal, and you've got all these top-end schools looking at him. I think Jalen Smith can do that exact thing. He's uh, 6'2", 190, good speed. He can jump up and get the ball really good hands. So uh, he's a, the sleeper for me, I think, going late in drafts that you can uh, you can grab. All right, we'll move on to the tight end position. We'll finish it off because it's probably the most unsexy thing in the world. But we have been spoiled, at least in college football, in the last couple of years. We can say what we will about Michael Mayer, but he did get decent enough draft capital. He wasn't a complete bust. He had plus athleticism. So we've had successive years of Kyle Pitts, Michael Mayer, and next year we'll be getting Brock Bowers into the NFL. Are there any tight ends in this upcoming freshman class that we should be paying attention to? Pass. Pass. Um, oh, man. I think you have to go the Georgia guys. They, you know, I just called them RBU earlier. You could also argue they're tight end you. Right behind uh, Iowa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I, that is fair with putting Iowa up there. I mean, they're, they just know how to develop tight ends. Pierce Sperlin, really good player. Lawson Lucky has gotten a ton of love this offseason. So Pierce Sperlin got injured, and he wasn't able to do a lot this spring. Lawson Lucky really kind of stepped up. I believe had three touchdowns in the spring game. He's looking really good. Now you're going to have to wait a year because they've got Oscar Delp still there. Uh, he, he's And Brock Bowers, obviously. Those two are going to kind of dominate the targets. But then once Brock Bowers leaves, they always use two tight ends. I think one of those guys steps up in. You're probably taking the lower-ranked one, which is Lawson Lucky. Uh, Andrew Rappelier going to Penn state. I mean, again, they're not, I wouldn't put them in the conversation of like a Georgia and an Iowa, but they constantly put tight ends. I mean, I still don't understand it, but Brenton strange was a second. It was a day two pick at yes. Penn state and Rappelier has got more upside than he does. He's a much better receiver. Uh, he's an athletic freak. So he's a guy that I think you could take. And I think a lot of these guys, honestly, you can take, practically wherever you want because i feel like everybody just avoids them on the college side because it's much like the nfl side where it's like three or four guys and most of those guys on the college side outside of brock bowers don't have much nfl hope so everybody just kind of punts the position deuce robinson's going to be the one that everybody talks about i'm fine taking him but i've seen him going in like the early second round there's still a lot of fear that he may end up going the baseball route which just fears me wasting a second round pick on him because i mean he's Comp to Aaron Judge, and I'm sorry. Like, I love football. I love baseball, too. I'm, I love football, baseball, soccer. Not as big a fan of basketball. If you're telling me that uh, you can sit here and get guaranteed millions of dollars and you only have to hit one out of three times and you are gonna, you could possibly consider it a Hall of Famer, as long as you succeed, right? One out of three times. That, right. That's all really here. I'm probably going the baseball route because I don't have to get my body <laughs> killed every right. single no, week. <laughs> Nobody's tackling you in center exactly. field. No and, one and cares. He's a little bit slight of a, of a tight end. Like, he's going to have to add some weight. He, he's kind of falling in this new mold of tight end we've seen coming into college where they're not that big. 6'6", 230. I mean, he's very good moves like a wide receiver. Like, you would – if they put him out wide, you would think, oh, this is a really good wide receiver. No, he actually plays tight end. He's a decent blocker. But I still think there's a chance he goes the – the baseball route, in fact, he openly admitted the reason he chose USC is because of how well Lincoln Riley handled Kyler Murray playing on the Oklahoma baseball team back in the day, who ended up getting drafted in the first round. I think reports were that before he even signed, they thought he was going to be like a third-round pick in, in the Major League Baseball draft, which is why he decided to go to school. Well, if he's already a third-round pick, if he improves at all as a baseball player, there's a shot he goes first round. 
So I'd be a little bit fearful of that. Outside of him, the only other one, and I'm, you know, I'll just, there's this little school up north. I don't know if anybody's heard of it. Um, the not. Ohio State. I, I I don't know. You know, there's nah. there's a guy. No, okay. they're not very good. I, yeah, I agree with you. You know, I was kind of surprised I got this guy, Jelani Thurman. Uh, they've surprisingly put a lot of tight ends into the NFL as well. And and it took me a while. I was actually talking about this on a different podcast. You know, it took me forever to remember who it was. Jeremy Rucker. You know, actually had a lot of love coming out a couple years ago. Unfortunately, hurt his foot and like wasn't able to do anything during the pre-draft process. I still believe was a day two pick to the New York Jets. Jelani Thurman, I think, compares very favorably to him, but he's got better hands. He's a much better blocker, and you're not going to get a lot of production out of him. Ohio State, they've always got all those wide receivers. They don't ever really use the tight end, but those guys still seem to end up getting the draft capital. He's the last guy, and he's the guy that I've seen going to like round 14 because, again, you're not ever really going to get any college production from him. But, hey, where I will say, and we talked about it, bringing it all the way back to the beginning of the show here, it's a great best ball target because every once in a while, when all those wide receivers are covered, they're not afraid to throw it to the middle to the middle of the field of those tight ends. And Jeremy Record had a couple really big games. Yes, he did. You don't have to choose what games to play him 100%. if you're playing best ball because he just slides right into your lineup. So you don't have to worry about it. That's the next evolution, man. As yeah. I get more and more into college, get more and more into doing college fantasy and all these leagues being best ball. I keep track on the NFL side. Consistent weeks, spike weeks, who's making lineups. You just wait till I go full degenerate mode and I start tracking all these college players. That's a lot of data, but I think I'd be able to handle it. Might take right. me a, a whole weekend, but I'll get it figured out. I'll hey, let I'll, you know who the guys the target the best ball are. I'll be looking forward to it because I, I mean, look, I, I, I've already said multiple times I don't have a life. I don't have time for that, though. And I, I'm not good at tracking data. You asked me what two plus two is, and I'm like, it's eight. And I know that that's wrong. So, well, you're in the ballpark. At least it's a round number. You picked an even one as the answer, so we'll give you partial credit for that. I'll get you out of here on the last couple things. All right, Eric All going to Iowa, tight end university. We kind of touched on it. Do you have any interest in Eric All? I know he's uh, he's from that school up north that you don't talk about, the one that I also really don't like either. I think they're always overrated, so I'm sorry if there's Michigan fans on here. I hate Michigan as well, but I'm a Big Ten fan. Eric All going to Iowa. Do you have any intrigue because of the way Iowa has developed tight ends? He already had talent coming to Iowa, but we'll yeah. see how he does there. What do you think about him? Absolutely. I mean, look, I Iowa has the track record. And if they go and get a guy, I think that matters. And what helps him as well is he's got that uh, he's got the chemistry with Cade McNamara, who we've seen was not afraid to throw the ball as well to the tight end when he was at Michigan. So I think it is a good pick. They have the other guy there, too. I can't remember for the life of me who it is. Who's Come your on, guy's man. other tight end? <laughs> we got absolute studs all over the place. <laughs> Well, I know, but I know who's your other dropped. starter? I, I know I always think Laporta, but obviously he's no, going that, in the NFL. That guy's in the NFL. He's playing yes, for the Detroit is. Lions now. Uh, I'm trying to think of it too, man. I'm being a shit. I know I lost. Fan, I, I, I there's two of them, Eric All, and then there's another one. Both those guys are really good, but the other guy I've always seen go first and is ranked higher. So I would one thousand percent be all in on taking Eric All because I think that he's going to fall in those drafts, and you'll you'll be perfectly fine getting because I do think he will get drafted. Luke Luke Lachey. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's right. I'm sorry yeah, for being Nick a, a sack of shit. You, uh, yeah, yeah, Nick Lachey, 98 degrees. No, <laughs> no he was – no, I don't think his so. his nephew or something like that, right? <laughs> but he was also – even when Sam Laporta – like when Luke Lachey came in because of his recruiting pedigree, he was going ahead. Like when I, when I started doing these C2C drafts, he was still going ahead of Sam Laporta. Like I have no idea how that was possible, but – 
he was going ahead. But Luke Lachey is a very good tight end too. It'll be interesting to see. I think one of the biggest things, at least being an Iowa fan that you talked about, is the fact that who's playing quarterback already has chemistry with the guy. Like I, I do believe, I truly believe Lachey is probably a better talent, but is he going to see the field as much? But does it really matter at Iowa? Because we don't have receivers. And we've used two tight ends in the past. If you think back to TJ Hawkinson and Noel Fance, the year that they both came out, they were our entire offense. So it wouldn't shock me if our entire offense, again, is just Luke Lachey and Eric Hall. Yeah, I, I like I said, I would, I would go, especially because, I mean, Lachey really, like his brother hosts Love is Blind, which is a great show, by the way. But, you know, I, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Give me Eric Hall. He's a lower-ranked guy. He's probably going to get drafted day two because he's an Iowa tight end. All right. Do you have any love? I mean, we're talking college football. I don't get many chances on here. Most of the time you come on, you're just dunking on my guys, you know, Will Levis, shitting all over them. Or you're trying to talk me into uh, Desmond Ritter. (laughs) Top 15 quarterback this year, baby. All right, let's go. Do you have any love for the Iowa guys? All right, so I know last year we went into it thinking Gavin Williams was getting drafted a lot of places, but Caleb Johnson really emerged as the running back for Iowa as a true freshman, which was very surprising. Do you have any interest in Caleb Johnson this year? Yeah, I mean, he was a guy that ranked fairly highly for us last year. He was a guy that that, that we were all in on. I think he's got a shot to be good size, good speed. He's probably the only Iowa guy. I, well, I, I'm all in on Eric all, so I take that there back. He's, I, will, I will roster him as well, but I think he's probably, Caleb uh, is probably the only other player that I will have on my roster. And it's mostly just because, Kirk Ferentz's nepotism gets in the way because I think Iowa yes. actually could be a good team. I'm not going to lie. They're legit defense. If they would just bring in an offensive coordinator and, and maybe recruit like a half-decent quarterback. Hey, man, you're speaking my love language here. I don't know how many times I have to say it. The fact I got to watch this thing, right? I watch a tremendous defense, a defense that can hang with any offense in the entire country, any offense in the entire country. And then our offense in return looks like something that a JV high school game. <laughs> it's something something that you would see maybe eighth grade year. It's it's pretty pathetic compared to other teams. But uh, Kalo Johnson does interest me quite a bit, and and not just being an Iowa fan, but I do love his size. He is he's kind of a unicorn in the fact that I can't believe that kid was 18 years old and he was already built like that coming in as a freshman and taking the workload that he did. He does run pretty upright, which is a little bit concerning, and he does look a little bit stiff at time, but it's Iowa, so they're just going to turn around and hand the football off anyway. So he's going to get the work. Yeah, hey, he's, he's a big boy. That's all I care about. All right, Matt, feet to the fire here. Supplemental class. All right, I need you to rank them. You draft in all 12 slots. Who are you taking first overall? Ooh, first overall, I still got to stick with Malachi Nelson. All right, second pick, Dante Moore. Oh, going quarterback, quarterback. Third pick, yeah. third pick. This is where things get a little bit interesting. Uh, if if I stick with the most of these leagues are super flex, including on the NFL side. Yes, quarterbacks king. I'm going to stick with Arch Manning, but that's where it would be very close that I would go a different route. But I'm going to go take Arch Manning, quarterback, Texas. All right, who's the guy that would have been in conversation there that's really close? Cedric Baxter, running back going to Texas. Again, you know, I mentioned it earlier, Sark's always had those 1,000-yard running backs. He's an extremely talented guy. I think he's the next guy after we see Nick Singleton go round one in a couple years. I think he's the next guy that could push for that round one draft capital at the running back position. Ooh, that is spicy. And I was told running backs are dead. Who's pick five for you? Yeah. 
Uh, it would be so. This is where, man, this is interesting because I could go Justice Haynes. Actually, I am going to go Justice Haynes. A, a very talented running back, Alabama puts a lot of these guys into the NFL as well. He's like, likely going to give you a couple years of production. NFL bloodline. I don't know that he pushes for the first round draft cap like Cedric Baxter does, uh, but he, he's an extremely talented player. I, I don't see any way he falls out of day two. So take give me Justice Haynes running back Alabama. Running back is not dead, folks. We just no, went back to not. back here. Pick six, we got. This is where I'm going to go. <clears throat> Excuse me, the wide receiver position. Uh, and I'll take my, who ended up being my wide receiver one, that's Zachariah Branch, USC. He can do it all. He is definitely a little bit undersized, but I think he's going to be just fine. We've seen those guys like Marquise Hollywood Brown thrive with Lincoln Riley and end up getting the draft capital. And he's already shown out in spring. He's going to start as a freshman in that offense with Caleb Williams. So I'm going to take Zachariah Branch, wide receiver, USC. All right, next pick. Who you got, buddy? Then it's going to be John Tay Cook, wide receiver, going to Texas. Same <laughs> Here thing. Here we go. He, he's going to start as a freshman paired with, with again, the Prince that we that we were promised and Quinn Ewers, and then he's got Arch Manning for two years after that in a Steve Sarkeesian offense. And I just mentioned the wide receivers Lincoln Riley has put in. Well, Steve Sarkeesian's done a pretty damn good job of that as well with guys like Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, and he's likely going to put Xavier Worthy. I don't know in the first round, but Xavier Worthy's going to at least be a day two guy next year. And Jontae Cook is... I mean, why not? I already gave you one hot take. John T. Cook is better than all the players that I just named, including Heisman winner Devonta Smith. Let's go. Now, I do got to ask you, too, because I'd love to draft based on tiers. Are there clear tier breaks here? I think we've been through seven yes. picks right now. Yes. Are there clear tier breaks here that you have as well? I am still in tier one. But yes, Ooh, there is a tier still break. in tier yes, one. All that, right. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Uh, I think that was seven. Let's go pick yes. eight. Who you got? So pick eight, I would go Brandon Ennis here. He was he ended up being my third-ranked wide receiver. We already talked about going to Ohio State. Extremely talented. He is a little bit undersized, and he doesn't have that elite play-breaking speed. He's just a very good all-around wide receiver. He reminds me a lot of JSN, but he's so technically refined that like I, I don't think Brian Hartline has much to teach him. I think he's be a really good college wide receiver, um, and he's just got – I hate using the saying, but he's just got that dog in him. Again, I mentioned earlier he was went played quarterback, defensive back, running back. Anything his team needed him to do, he did because he wanted to win a state championship. I'm all in on Brandon Ennis. He would be my next pick. Still in tier one, right there. Still in tier one. There's all one right. more player in tier one. This is it. This is okay. where this is where it ends right here at all pick right. nine. Pick, pick nine. Give me give me the last of tier one. Makai Lemon going to USC. I mentioned it earlier. He's, he played um, at Los Alamitos with Malachi Nelson. They've got the chemistry going to that Lincoln Riley USC led offense, and and he's got the the tool set to be a a first round NFL draft pick. There's actually a couple of guys on our team that had him ranked as a top wide receiver overall in this class. So he is a very good player. That is where my tier break ends. That's how good we think this freshman class is. All right, bonus question then. If that is your tier one, what would it take for you to trade up? Like, what are you comfortable with? Because we can trade in these leagues. We can trade draft picks. You're sitting outside. You're sitting at pick 11, let's say. You're the runner-up last year. Pick 11, but you want to get into tier one. How much do you want to get into tier one? What are you offering to move up? Just in terms of draft picks. We don't have to dive into specific so players. How how high are we wanting to go up? Let's just say, let's first off, let's just say you just wanted to get in there, right? You just wanted to get to eight or nine. You wanted your choice of one of these guys in your tier one. I'll give you my first and second easily. Oh, to give Without, me second. I don't even, you don't even need to give me another pick back. Just give me one. Just give uh, me your pick. All right. Now say you wanted to get into the spicy part. 
for you, is that trying to get one of these quarterbacks or maybe yeah. Cedric Baxter? Okay. Yeah. One of the, let's say it's one of these quarterbacks. You want to get in the top three. How spicy are you getting to get in the top three? I will give you my first round pick this year and my first round pick next year easily oh, without even right. thinking about it. And I'll tell you why the class next year sucks. So if you can move up and get a quarterback this year, do it. Dylan Rayola is going to be very good, but these comps of Patrick Mahomes is not, he's not Patrick Mahomes guys. And I'm just going to let you guys know this right now. We're probably unfortunately never going to see another Patrick Mahomes. No way. You I mean, know. I am sorry, Mike. I know I, I hate I hate being the bearer of bad news for all these people, but no, we're not gonna see it. I, I hate it. I love the dude. He's an amazing talent. He is closer to Ben Roethlisberger than he is Patrick Mahomes. That's not necessarily a bad comp. Ben Roethlisberger is a very good quarterback. There is no quarterback in so I'll, I'll put it this way. We I've already graded Dylan Rayo. I'm already like 30 players deep into the 24 class. Again, take it for what it's I'm not, you know, I don't work at 24-7 sports or anything. So but you're a degenerate. <laughs> I am a degenerate, yes. I think, and I'll tell you this, I'm not watching the huddle tape either. We have like actual full games. I've watched like six Chandler, Arizona high school games. And let me tell you what, guys. <laughs> you just it's went full Ron Jaworski on me it's, right it's there. I've watched 37,000 hours of tape. And let me tell you, <laughs> it's not always fun guys watching high school football. Anyways, he did not, he barely graded above Arch Manning, which was not close to Dante Moore or Malachi Nelson. So if you're telling me I'm at 111 and I can move up and get one of those three guys, even if it ends up just being Arch, and I have to give up my first-round pick next year, even if my team bottoms out and I miss out on Dylan Rayola, I still think I won the trade even getting Arch Manning. So I would be willing to give up my first-round pick next year. It's going to be a great wide receiver class, but the running back class is 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 poop, and so is the quarterback class. It's not good, guys. I'm really glad that we're recording this on Tuesday, so I have multiple days to go to my leagues <laughs> and send these out right now. And then people are going to look like I am a genius <laughs> when this yeah. comes true, and it's all because of Matt. Matt, buddy, that is all I got for you. This has been a hell of an episode. It was one that I really wanted to do. And, you know, I'm glad I did it without Adam because once we got to the Ohio State guys, you two would have just gone back and forth forever. This would have became the Ohio State show. So I had to keep this thing on the rail. But I appreciate you so much for hopping on, buddy. You're one of the better friends in the space. I can't wait to meet up with you again. You're going to the Fantasy Expo again this year? We'll see. I'm not 100% sure. Come on. My kids Disney, man, and it's uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's a tough one. I'm I'm but a I, father as well. Like yeah, that's hard to that's I'm hard gonna, to say no. I'm to. gonna do my best. I've got family up there. It'd be nice to get back up there and, and see some family again. It's only a couple days. It's more of just, you know, again, I've said it multiple times here, so I might as well say that my wife hates me. So it's really hard to convince her as much as I love Ohio. She does not. <laughs> it's not necessarily the the you know, the tropical destination my wife no wants way. to go. And it's like, hey, uh, you gonna take a couple days off? It's like, yeah, where are we going? You know, Florida, California. Oh, we're going to Ohio, and we're gonna go to a fantasy football expo. But no, she's. A, I, I love my wife, and she's extremely supportive. So gone both years that we've went, so hopefully, I'll get a chance to go back again this year. Oh, I really appreciate it, man, and I, I do hope that we get to run into each other this year. And if it's not this year, I'm sure it'll be multiple years down the road. Uh, we keep collabing on stuff more and more. There's a lot of crossover. We've had such a good time having you on and having Felix. We'll have to get some of the other C2C guys on. You guys were incredible when we met you all last year. So big thank you to you. Matt, anything you wanted to plug? Where can the people find you? What should they be checking out? And what is C2C working on right now? 
yeah, I mean, you can find everything I do at campusdecanton.com. We we are working right now in our CFF guide. So again, if, if you've got those supplemental drafts coming up, that'll be dropping here in the next month or so to kind of give you a look at all of the top college players in case, you know, you just want to win your college side. We'll have depth charts, everything in there. So I'm excited about that. And outside of that, honestly, I'm just working on, as I mentioned, watching – thousands and thousands of hours of college of, of high school football tape as we rank this 24 class. And, and the only thing I really want to plug is you don't have to lie to us. I know you did not have a good time with Felix. Nobody has a good time when Felix <laughs> is on their show. So, but I appreciate you saying that. Cause I love Felix. <laughs> I love Felix too. I did have a blast with him, even though yeah, he's, he's got some, he's got some spicy takes. We put him on the AMA and he got put on the spot and we let him answer first. I don't know if that's setting him up for failure or not, <laughs> but we had a lot of those uh, R- Russell Westbrook moments where what? <laughs> oh, the one thing what? about the one thing about Felix that I love is it, he he'll say something and he knows he's wrong and he'll defend it to the it's the lawyer that comes out of him. He's like, ah, no, 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 no. You can give him cold hard facts and he'll be like, nope, I'm right, you're wrong. I love it. Yeah, I'm also married to one of those, so I do understand. That. We all are. No, yes. me, yeah, we all are. We'll go check out campusdecan.com. Big thank you to Matt. Uh, get your ass in a C2C league. If you haven't, if you're scared, come check us out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. One dollar will get you in the door, but trust me, we will be doing more C2C startups. We need everyone to at least experience this format one time. Let us know if you like it. And if it's if you're like me and Adam, we get hooked. <laughs> we get hooked, and it's probably just because he drafts nothing but Ohio State fans. This is why co-managing a team sucks with him, because that's all he ever wants to do. But that's all I got for you. We'll be back here same time, same place next week, hopefully with Adam back from vacation if his wife doesn't murder him. <laughs> Thank you. See y'all later.